if you find this episode confusing in any way, it might be because you care about the way that jigsaw pieces fit together and you don't quite understand the shape of the puzzle that is my family. That's fine. Have a look on the show notes. I'll put basically a who's who, a kind of cast list on there. And that'll hopefully satisfy people who need to know that stuff. I don't think you need to know that. My friend Liz, who listened to this, doesn't think you need to know that. That's why she told me to cut it from here and put it in the show notes. So have a look in the show notes, people who care about that stuff. Hello and welcome to this special episode of Getting Better Acquainted. My name's Dave. I put all this stuff together. I need to get better acquainted with you I need to get better acquainted with you I need to get acquainted with you This episode is called To The Heart Of It It's a kind of collage episode of different conversations that I had with people and it's also got some true stories that I told at Spark London You'll see more about them www.sparklondon.com So that's what this episode is made out of. In it we're going to get better acquainted with my dad and with people's ideas about my dad, feelings towards my dad and memories of my dad. After I put this episode together, I sent a rough copy of it to my friend Liz, and she gave me some notes on some changes that she thought I should make. I approached her because she's outside the family, and so I wanted to get somebody's opinion on what this is like for the non-family member to hear. She sent me some notes, and so here I am. I'm in York at the moment, staying with my older sister, Jo, and I've taken my dad up to visit her here. And I'm recording the voiceover, basically, for this episode. The rest of it's pretty much as was, but this voiceover is new. This episode has a very different structure to most Getting Better Acquainted episodes. The closest episodes to it are the GBA specials where I go to a city and I put in monologues from me to cut with with experiences and conversations with the people in those locations. But it's more like the location is the family and you'll hear monologues from me and interspersed with that will be conversations with different members of the family talking to each other, mostly with Dad and always about Dad. And one of the things that this episode has is it has different people's perspectives on the same events. So there's two real key moments that this episode will focus on two big family moments it's a bit like the film Rashomon you hear the same events from different sides and sometimes they're different sometimes they're similar sometimes they're complementary sometimes they're contradictory and that's an interesting thing I mean doing this episode has really reminded me of how fallible memory is and how we construct it and how we construct it through conversation often so you will hear the same pieces of information but they'll always be in different contexts. What I certainly think it does is it has a little window into the family dynamic, the way that we interact with each other, the way that we feel about each other and also the way that we all feel about my dad's age which is he's 88 at the moment and about his mortality. 
So that's enough of me yabbering on. Let's get on with the episode. Hope you enjoy it. Hi, uh, I'm Dave. David is also my name, but Dave's what I know myself as. So I was conceived on a drunken New Year's Eve a number of years ago now, nearly 30 years ago. Uh, and you know, it was an accident as well. My mum and dad had kind of split up uh, a little while before that. Um, my dad had left my mum for another woman and uh, he'd come back to stay because that hadn't worked out. And uh, New Year's Eve happened. And then I happened. And they may not have been together when I was conceived, but my dad was always there to, for me from that accident onwards. People, it always makes me kind of cringe when people say, oh, my, my mum is my best friend. We, we go everywhere together and stuff like that. But I'm afraid to, I have to kind of admit that my dad is probably my best friend. Certainly he's my oldest friend. Uh, he's my oldest friend in a couple of ways. Uh, he is the friend I've probably known longest. And he's 87 years old. Um, well, I don't think that deserves a clap. And in a way, you know, it's a strange choice for me to tell you that piece of information now. Because uh, this story is all about how I have always been afraid that he's going to die. And it kind of spoils things for you to know that he's alive. But I kind of like it this way better. Now, when we were growing up, I mean, my, well, my dad basically, he moved, he was living with my mum when I was conceived. Carried on living there and they moved house. But again, he was in a separate part of the house. I used to go to his part of the house at weekends. I'm not joking. That is actually what happened. Uh, and in the weeks, I was at my mum's part of the house. My stepdad came along and we, they, my mum moved to Coventry. And my dad came with us. He didn't live in the house anymore. He'd lived in the house with my stepdad and my mum for a few years before that. But they finally decided it was time to go their separate ways. And he lived in a, a flat nearby. He was there when I was born. My earliest memories are of him taking me to the park because he looked after me because obviously he's 87 now. So he's been retired nearly my entire life. So and for the first couple of years, he was working freelance. So he was essentially the person who brought me up. My mum worked and he was there with me. But when we moved to Coventry, it became a kind of polarised thing where I would go to his at weekends and I didn't see him in the same way anymore and on the actual day we moved there there was a very sad moment when he left for the first time and I was destitute in the street because he was supposed to be staying the night but he'd had an argument with my mum and that's why he'd left. Now it became very clear to me when I was six years old that my dad was going to die because I was sharing a bed with him in Cornwall uh, and I woke up that morning and he wasn't there so I went into the next room and he was in our friend of the family's bed. And he said, he's okay, I've just had a heart attack, but I'm all right. And he went to the hospital and then he recouped and recovered from that in, uh, in Cornwall with a family friend. And then he came back to live with us and, and that was all okay, but I knew, you know, that he's gonna die and I'm six. Now, the next thing I remember about that is when we were in Coventry and I remember staying at his, <laughs> at his house and waking up in the middle of the night and realising, you know, properly that he was definitely going to die and that maybe there was nothing after when you die. Uh, and so that meant he was going into nothingness. And, oh, God, that meant I was going into nothingness. We're all going into nothingness. This is a horrible, horrible world. So I ran out of bed, jumped into bed with my dad, and he made everything okay. 
And he explained to me, it's okay, you know, people die and we love each other and that's really what matters. Um, when I was in that house, he read me The Lord of the Rings when I was a kid, when I was about 10. He read me at weekends uh, and it was a lovely time and he always made <laughs> cook breakfast. I was incredibly spoiled in his house. That's significant, but I'm not going to go into it. So he was reading me The Lord of the Rings and he read the part of The Lord of the Rings where, um, spoiler alert, uh, King Theoden dies in the battle, battle of the Pelennor Fields. And Mary says, Theoden King, Theoden King, as a father you were to me, but for a little while. And I cried because there was my father telling me about this father figure dying. And he really is kind of a big hero to me, my father. Um, now, I do, a, I do a podcast where I talk to people I know about their lives. It's called Getting Better Acquainted. And I was doing an episode of this with a, a friend of mine called Zoe. And <clears throat> we were <clears throat> laughing about the fact that when we met at university, we bonded over the fact that both of our parents would probably die soon because my dad was old and her mum has a illness that means she will die soon. And that now it's 10 years later and... <laughs> Neither of them have died soon. She sort of made a joke about how maybe we should have like some kind of bet, but I found that a little bit funny, but inappropriate. Um, and, you know, one of the things I'm really, really happy to say now is that through that podcast, I've recorded my dad in conversation and I've talked to him about the times of his life before he retired, before I was born, that I didn't re don't really know about. And all I can do is talk to him about them to get them so I know about that time. And now I have that. It's recorded. It's there for me. When I forget about it, like we all forget about things we know, I can go back and have a refresher with, that, with those shows. done a number of them. And I'd just like to say to everybody here, your parents, whether you are are very close to them, or whether you have a complicated and fractured relationship, as I do with my mother, and who I've also in interviewed for the show, I would really advise you all to just go and talk to your parents about who they were before you were around, while you can. That was a story I told at the Spark London Open Mic. The theme of the night was parents, and I hadn't expected to tell a story at all that night, but I found myself stood up there telling that story. When I was nine, you would read to me from that book every weekend. When I'd come to stay, I'd sit there all morning, listening to your voice. In the middle of the book, there is a broken man who meant himself for a final stand. He recovers from the sickness that has infected his land. Out of doubt, out of dark, to the days rising, I came singing in the sun, sword unsheathing to hopes. And I rode and two hearts breaking Talk to your father About what your life is like While he is alive Talk to your father About what his life was like Before you were alive Before this time Next, you're going to hear this extract from a TVA conversation that I had with my older half-sister, Jo. Her episode came out last Wednesday, so the full conversation we had is available to you if you want to have a listen to that. 
this moment here that we had was probably the thing that provoked this whole episode that you're hearing. So everything spiralled out from this moment. I did have a feeling of slight responsibility for you. I mean, when Dad had his heart attack, I was in Amsterdam. When he had the Cornish heart attack, he'd gone down to Cornwall to look after... Sonia, you and Tony. I was in bed with, with him with my mum when he when he had yeah. the heart attack. And you yeah. were only about four, and I, you were very close to him. I think wait, I was six, but maybe four. You okay. were little. Yeah, got I was. Of I know I was little. I know I was little. Stark naked on the beach, talking to another little boy. Anyway, I'll show you those pictures, but they're in Yorkshire. But one day I'll show you. Anyway, I went down to Cornwall. I, I was in Amsterdam, so <laughs> I got the early ferry back, which was an overnight ferry got to Preston Road, got in about nine in the morning, slept till four in the afternoon, then drove to Cornwall and got there at midnight. Because Sheila at this point, of course, because Peter was in hospital, yeah. 40 miles away, was looking after you, Sonia and Tony. Yeah, that makes sense. And I thought, gosh, they'll all be a bit traumatised. So we had a few days when I must have looked after you all, actually, because Peter was in hospital for a while. Mm. How did we get back? I'm not sure. I remember waking up and him not being in the bed with me and going through and him being in a different bed and then him getting taken away, but I don't remember that? anything much. Because I don't think I'd Maybe train? No, I wouldn't have driven... Well, I had a car down there. Okay. I wouldn't have driven you all back. I think it was... A, it might have been a train. But it wouldn't have been Dad on the train. No. But Tony was... If I was... I think I was six, so Tony would have been 12. So maybe you could have put us on a train and to us been stop? met at the other end. I'm not sure. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. It's That's something we have to ask Dad, because I really don't remember how... I mean, I can't imagine that I'd have driven you and Tony and Sonia home in a 2CV. No. But, no. No. I think I would, I would, I would, think I would have remembered Sue that, Pethybridge, maybe. Or did maybe? Maybe. Because he, he went to stay with her afterwards. Did he? Yeah. Or maybe you went to Sue's with Dad for a day or so, and then June came and got you. I remember something. seeing him there... When he was recuperating there, when he was walking Mickey Moogles, the dog, every day. I think that was later. Yeah, but I mean, I for me, it's childhood memories. They they have no yeah. timeline, do they? Yeah. Like I, I think that's when when life starts speeding up is when you start having a timeline, yeah. and then that that's when it seems to speed up. But when you're a kid, it just seems open because you don't yeah. have any timeline. I always thought it was because you experienced time as a, a fraction of your life already. Ah, that might be it too. Yeah. Um, so like a year for you now is a 30th but when you're 10 it's speed up speed yeah, up it does speed, speed up when it gets faster right, well, well, we'll ask well that's that tonight my dad's other children are Rebecca who with Joe are his children from his first marriage and Tony who like me is a child from his second marriage this is from later that same day and I recorded this with Joe and my dad. I was born in 1981. So 67, 24 from 67 is what? Um, fuck. 24 from 67? Is 43. 43. That can't be right, you no, know 43. No, that's quite, quite wrong, that's quite wrong. Now you're taking your age from the year, which is, you can't do Yeah, yeah you can't do that, Dad. Well, maybe you can, yeah, you can. 24, I was born in 1924. So you have to add I had 67. My heart in, no, 87, in 87. Right, so how old were you then? Five? 
birthday. Yeah, I think I was six. But hang on, 87. I think you were. Your birthday's in October, so you've you been four five. You moved up yeah. I was 81. Yeah, so I would have been six. five. What we were five, trying five. to remember was... Well, yeah. six, you six, had six. your heart attack. I was in Amsterdam. Yeah. I came to Cornwall. And now I looked after the kids. Rebecca My was sister. there. Yeah. Rebecca. Rebecca was there. Yeah, where Did was she, she come, come down? from? I don't know where from. Was where Rebecca from? there? She came to the hospital. You all came. It was a great sort of family <laughs> party. I remember that. Well, I think... Because I was all right. Because I, I, I belted back from Amsterdam, but I think I just remember Rebecca being there, helping me look after the kids, because I had all I the remember kids. Rebecca. Do you remember Rebecca being there? I don't remember Rebecca being there. I have very sketchy memories of it. Anyway, what we were Sue wondering... Sue Pethybridge was there. Yeah, yeah when yeah. you I were know having that. your I remember that. Yeah. What we were wondering was how David and Tony got back home, because I don't think I drove them all back to London in my 2CV. I'd remember no, you that. Didn't. Did you don't remember how you got back? Your mum didn't come back? Well, I think I got back in a train, but I don't know if that can be possible because she would have gone with us. I was just wondering, Dave, if Rebecca took you. Maybe back. Rebecca took, took us back some on of the, the way train. back and June came and met her. Maybe that's probably Maybe. what happened. I bet that's in what Bristol, happened. In Bristol, I have but this vague George Roman brought the word processor down. What? George Roman brought the, drove the word processor. You know, I had that big. Word processor. Word processor, the, the, the back, the, the typer. The yeah, 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 big yeah, typewriter. Um, no, the, it was a. It was an Adler type. It was actually a type, electronic typewriter with a memory. Thing. And so he brought it down to you. He brought it down from. When, and you were. Okay. Hmm. When I was staying at Sheila's. Okay. I can't remember how long I stayed at Sheila's, Joe. Quite a Joe. while. Eh? Quite a while, and then I think you went to Sue's as well at one stage. I did, I went on to Sue's. Yeah, that's where I think I came down and visited you there when you were walking Mickey Moogles every day, when you were recovering. Yeah, I took Mickey Moogles up Meldon every day, that's right. What was it, what does it feel like to have a heart attack? Well, it was pretty awful at the time, but I mean it was, (laughs) well, it wasn't awful, I mean it was just sharp, you know, pains in your chest and... I was sitting up with Sue in that cottage that night and Sue and I were drinking whiskey and I was smoking cigarettes and I was saying, Sue, you know, because I always regard her as my medical advisor, you know, I do have these pains, Sue, do you think I should do something about it? And she said, yes, and she said, I don't think whiskey works. And then she went, I finally went to bed downstairs then. So how did I get up to be in your room? We were staying in the same room. Yeah, I know. I was, sleep, I was sleeping in the same bed as you. So that's because that's when I when I woke up, I, I expected you to be in there with me. And I wasn't. I'd, I think you were I'd, in the next room. I th- was I in the next room? Or well, it feels Downstairs. in my memory. I went through a door between where we were sleeping and the room yeah. where you were in another bed, sitting yes. up in bed. I was then, but I'd, what had happened? I'd stayed downstairs with Sue. So you would have been in the bed. So when, then I called Sue. I said, you know, this is really something. Because you've been drinking all night, aren't you? And yeah. smoking cigarettes. Yeah. And then Sheila got a doctor along. And I was in the, that was in, I was in the bed where you saw me in. And the doctor came and sort of said, you had a heart attack. But what did it actually feel like? Pains in the heart, pains in my chest, my arm. All the classic things. I mean, I was all right. I got to the hospital and they gave me pills. They put me in a bed and gave me pills. By the next morning, I was all right. You know, not all very disastrous at the cottage. You know, it was all happening. I was a bit sort of, you know, I had to go in an ambulance and all that. What about when you went in... 
it's going to be a pain in the ass to edit this. What about when you had your... Rebecca's out teaching, so she can't tell us. Okay. All right. Hello. Jim? All right, yeah. it's cool. Hello, What about when you had your heart bypass? Like the act, like that was great. That was an adventure. I told you, I, I'm not a person who's who's had to conquer Everest or fight or anything. I've always been sort of conscious that I haven't shown any kind of courage or bravery or or, or not so much that, but sort of um, panache in fighting anything. So I regarded it as a kind of, and I had this thing with the surgeon at the beginning, who said, "Well, it's." life-threatening we'll get you in on Friday you know and um, I had these two lovely nurses who I was sort of in love with one of them I went back to see actually I was out in four days I was out fast at the time I was the fastest through um, through the thing and then it, it, you know they, they were sort of proudly telling me that yeah. so it was remarkable but when you think what they actually did yeah they they bypassed I mean, four of your... Well, I mean, the first thing they do is saw down your breastbone with an electric saw, whoop, like that. Yeah, because you've got like a pull cross back, scar on your chest. Yeah, now. they don't do that now. They do it. They've, they've improved on that. Davidson had something slightly different. They didn't cut the whole breastbone. But, but I mean, you don't know anything about it because you're under a general anaesthetic for that operation. You know? How did you feel going in? Did you not, like, well, you might not right. live? Did you not think about it? I didn't think that. I didn't think I would. No, I was very confident. Really? I was treating it like a sort of war. You know, I'm, this is, I'm going to win. You know. yeah. no, I, I actually in, kind of enjoyed it. Wow. It's very strange. Not when I was told, you know, not when I had the pain, first pain, it was like the angina, and went in and was examined. I mean, I was sort of worried then or sort of what is it but once they'd announced it and he said to you it's life-threatening would you on Friday I thought okay <laughs> wow well you know absurdity probably no that's really interesting is it I saw the king in the story as you and I grieved when he died for your death too Theoden King as a father you were to me for a little while It's not the dark that I'm scared of It is the sense that there's nothing after this When you've gone you will have gone I will never hear your voice again Listen to your father Tell you what his life was like Before you were alive Listen to your father Tell you his story while you have the time. You still have the time. You still have the time. This is a true story that I told at a Spark London event, and it was provoked by what I left out of the first Spark story. And it happened some months later. The first minute or so and may seem like an exact I, I repeat up, of what I've said I, before, I, I but it isn't. I, I think I use a different tone and I make what bed. I think is an interesting and mistake. he was sitting up and there were lots of other adults around and I found out that he'd had a heart attack when he'd been in the bed with me. Uh, a minor heart attack, but a heart attack nevertheless. That's why he was sitting up rather than already in hospital. But I realised that, you know, 
he was going to die someday and and he is uh was 58 when i was born and he he brought me up uh he was the one who stayed at home and my mum went out to work and fast forward now till when i'm 17 and we're living in cardiff and i'm told that my dad's got angina and i know that's bad for his heart and then some somebody tells me again that he's going to have a triple heart bypass and uh, i think this is quite a big deal but everyone seems to be relatively kind of upbeat about it so i i, I didn't really know what to think and he uh, everybody in the family was going off for a wedding uh, it was my older sister Rebecca's wedding uh, and it was up in Scotland in the Isle of Skye uh, and my dad was due to go in for the operation and so I didn't go to the wedding I wanted to stay near my dad and the night before he went to the operation my other older sister Joanna who she's well she's about 20 over 20 years older than me so she's more like an aunt in a way to me but she came down to see my dad and we both went into the hospital together and to Cardiff Royal Infirmary uh, to see my dad before the operation and after we left we got onto the bus and she took this hip flask out of her pocket and she 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 gave me a swig on it and I was like wow this is pretty cool because I'm now an adult now I guess I mean I'm 17 but we can we can we can do this this is this is this is what it's like being an adult weird and so the next morning I wake up and again I'm alone and I know that my dad's heart is 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 getting operated that day and I kind of get out of bed and I don't know what to do with myself I really just don't know how to feel and the doorbell rings and I go downstairs and I open the door and I'm greeted by this very strange sight, which is this very short uh, man, very stocky, who speaks very deep like this. He's called Steve. And uh, this very tall guy who's six foot and he's, he's, he's cockeyed. Uh, and these are my friends. Uh, so they come to the right house. But they, they, were, the, they were the kind of friends that, you know, we were teenage friends. We played computer games together. We smoked a lot of cigarettes. We talked about girls. We travelled about in the back of a car, uh, back of a van, moving side to side with no safety uh, at all, smoking terrible cigarettes and poking them through the, through the grate to, to get someone to put them out. That's what we did. Uh, that was the kind of friendship I thought we had. And I, I didn't even know I told them that my dad was, was, was going in for this operation and they said come on Dave you're coming with us and they took me out and they took me into Cardiff into town took me to the art gallery and uh, I don't know it's, it's very strange because they're not the kind of guys to, who go to art galleries and I mean you know they lived on a, a very working class estate in in Cardiff uh, Ely which is where we used to hang out and I mean I didn't even go to art galleries then and, and this isn't 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 the kind of art gallery I go to it's lots of pictures of old guys with wigs uh so I'm stand, standing there and I'm looking at these old guys with wigs and I'm thinking, I can't relate to these pictures, but I am so incredibly happy uh, that I'm here and that I'm not thinking properly and that these two guys turned out to be these kind of friends. And so I go from there, I go to Pizza Express and I meet up with my older sister, Joanna, again. And we have, a, a, we have 
you know, at lunch and then we go to a pub and we get really drunk and I'm telling her about this new relationship that I'm in and all the problems and uh, excitements of it. And she's telling me about this new relationship that she's in and all of the, the problems and uh, excitements that's in that. And, and suddenly I'm, I'm, I'm again, I'm, I'm going, wow, look, we're, 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 we're relating like adults. And, 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 and I, never, I never thought this would happen. And suddenly she's seeing me as an adult and and I'm seeing her as an adult rather than just this older person, like an equal. And so now, come to now, my dad survived. He had actually had a quadruple heart bypass. Uh, when they got in there, they opened him up, they thought, ah, oh, let's just stick another bypass in. And he was told then that his heart was, you know, 30 years younger. And I'm going to be 30 uh, on Wednesday this week. And I'm doing this project where I'm interviewing the people that I know. So I've interviewed my dad a few times. I'm booked in to interview Joanna, the, the woman I'm talking about. And the, the idea of this project is I'm talking to my friends and acquaintances. And every time I do a conversation, I'm remembering what I learned when I was 17 years old, which is that your closest friends can turn out to be strangers. But can also find out that you have so much more in common with them than you ever realised. Thanks very much. This is from later that night when Sonia, who's my niece, Joe's daughter, and my dad's granddaughter, she's all three of those things, joined us. You'll also hear Jen. It was early in the morning and yeah. Sue was testing you for Taking your pulse or whatever, yeah. and then I think they called the ambulance. That's right, they did. Yeah, that's right. She decided. But it was very early in the morning. I think I was the only one up apart from you two. I think it was. What well, was Nana doing? We've been sitting up all night. We've been. Well, you and Sue had. I don't know. I've been drinking whiskey and smoking cigarettes. What a great thing to do! You have a heart attack. Me saying, Sue, shouldn't I do something? Should I do anything about these pains? Okay. No. Ten. I'll be 34 <laughs> this year, right? And I'm 30. <laughs> 30. 30 already. But we don't think 12 was big enough to take six-year-old home on the train. No. So no. An no. adult, Rebecca or Sue or something. Must, must have been. Ferried them Sue's onwards. a rock. No, she's mm. lovely. She, um, she was the saviour. Talking of Christmas, she was the saviour that Christmas. Do you remember that? She Christmas? was good at Christmas. She did the she turkey in Anna's house with the oven that frazzled it. Who's she's great. Yeah, she's great. Have all you sorts seen of funding it? applications and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's really, have you seen made it? Her lots yeah. of friends. Have you been there and seen no, it? No, I saw the place where yeah. she was going to do it. Yeah. Have you seen it? No, no, no I, I, think think I, I, I know where it's going to be. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, yeah. they've actually done quite a lot they've, to it. Well, yeah. See, they had a royal composting day on the day of the royal wedding. <laughs> 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 that sounds great. You no. know, and they all take a time. I've just been on. They're having a celebratory gin and tonic because we've got this thing. You know, it's really good. 
good. No, I'd love to get her on. I, when I go, if I go to Newcastle, I'll definitely You'll try and get her on. Tony and Gassel, yeah. um, in a, or if she's in town, I'll try and get it. No, no, I know. I just I've already done Tony, and I'm going to possibly do Tony again. Me and Tony. Uh, he, he seems up for it. We're going to go back to North Wales and uh, oh, do like a fun. tour and record it because I've been doing that. I went to Cardiff and I went yeah. to Coventry. I wonder if you'll be able to find that place. You remember the around the back of the house, that big like what was that big? There was a the, the was it a mine or something? No, 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 no. yeah, the, the, the gravel quarry, the quarry, the quarry. The quarry, yeah, yeah, it was amazing. But we weren't allowed to go there after a while because Steve, the landlord put a fence up and we couldn't get in. But that's what the quarry is where Tony had the wasps nest. That's right. Instant, that there, yeah. I Woods it the other side. The quarry. I imagine no, it was in there. more on the hill. And I saw a kingfisher flying across. Me and dad saw a kingfisher yeah. flying across that lake, the lake. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah. I was like, wow, it's a blue bird in the sky. <laughs> but there's a weird little shop. shop. I remember going and you, you guys are trying to talk Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> you, and, you and Tony were like trying to talk Welsh. <laughs> You've been taught it at school. Oh yeah, you Yeah, I learned Welsh in two different schools, but at different times in my in my childhood, and there were different dialects of Welsh. There were North Welsh oh, and South Welsh. So I got completely fucked fucked my head up. You had a massive for languages. Oh, that house and I remember was having amazing. With you. I used to go. Which house? Next. Uh, in I used to. Uh, not April. Uh, I found At weekends, well, and I, yeah. I, no, I don't think this is weird, but I've discovered it is weird. <laughs> At weekends, I would go downstairs into the living room, through into my dad's study, then yeah. through into your bedroom, and then go and sleep on the. The bunk bed. Um, the bunk bed. I remember the bunk. Yeah. In uh, and it was, was like there was stairs. They went round. They went yeah. up and round. Yeah. 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 And they were stairs. and all the walls were draw like with were, were drawing. Yeah, Joe. Little lighthouse. Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of the walls were drawings, and then I had like this little. Then that was seriously your best upstairs. gig ever. It was what? amazing. That place there was your best ever gig. You were going like to stay with ever, your dad in like the same house. Right. Yeah, I was going to stay of, in the same really house. Thanks for that. But that each was very area good. was really <laughs> with my dad with <laughs> in the same house. It's weird. No, well, my dad yeah. was downstairs in the corner. In he was in the corner, but he had this thing that went from kitchen to bedroom to long yeah. study straight living room. Yeah. And it just every inch of it was completely plastered with him you know there was no doubt yeah. in whose house it was like yeah. that area that had, you know that was completely you stamped all over well he did that though everywhere because when he went to Coventry <laughs> his flat was in a horrible like yeah, a state true. but it was like an oasis <laughs> yeah, in this horrible yeah. estate yeah. And, I, and and it was just it was amazing going in there it was just you know re yeah. that was really good as well an oasis of culture and all of my, and mad stuff. all of my best memories from yeah. coventry happened in that house really yeah, nice i mean i've got some good ones at steve weir's house as well i remember the hatch in that house yeah exactly there was a hatch there was a like a hatch. <laughs> no, it was, no, in both my houses there was a hatch one <laughs> one hatch was through to my mum and one was to my dad. I have different relationships. <laughs> now, before I turn this bloody down. thing off, as soon as I got it on, been pulled down. I the block of flat. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. So you I went back there. Nigerian woman. How long did she live there? Well, I don't know. I went back there on the show. I, I went back there and stood where his flat used to be. It's not there. Wow. So a couple of years ago. No. <laughs> it's all gone. It, used to be it was red. It was what year, Dad? Rough, did you sell it to that woman for four thousand pounds or three thousand pounds? Uh, well, how long was Mervyn in it? About yeah, a year, year and eighteen months or something. Yeah, I mean, this is all the so kind of stuff I cut it? out of conversations. So it would have been ninety. <laughs> we moved to Cardiff in ninety-five, didn't we? 
Uh, yeah. You did. Well, I did. So if you sold it to her in 97 and she had 10 years in there, she'd have got a good oh. deal. Yes. Hmm. She what? <laughs> That's <laughs> enough. Yeah, yeah. enough. If you sold it to her in 97 <laughs> yeah. and she lived there until 2007, say, before it was demolished, yeah. She would have got quite a good yeah, deal. Right. She will have got, got a good deal. So before I turn this That's thing off... That's true. Um, she will. Oh, yeah, I mean, it was another <laughs> rash. It was a stupid Amazing. financial... Yeah. But then I should never have bought... I know, I've got to It's just for editing purposes, I just need to wait. Because otherwise, Shut if I'm talking over it, it'll be... Let's make it difficult for Dave. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> before... Like to bring this to a close, yeah, but no, well, well I'm not. I'm not bringing the night to a close. I'm just bringing this. This have thinking about the headphones, so I can go go outside. Um, yeah, that's going to be problematic. Right yeah, now. well, I'm going. I just want to ask something <laughs> before I turn this thing off. Um, <laughs> the thing I didn't. Wait, 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 wait. Keep, but just trust me on this. It's harder when there's a big group. Yeah. It's harder when there's a big group. I'm learning that. Yeah, the thing I didn't talk to you about oh in the conversation oh that I, I realised I should have talked to you about was about Dad having his quadruple heart, heart bypass. Oh, yeah, because I remember that. That is when I, when I first realised that we were both potentially adults together <laughs> having a relationship. Because <laughs> we got drunk. Well, no, no, because I was 17. Okay, yeah. Um, got and we went out and got drunk. I'd gone to, ah. gone to Cardiff to be supportive because I thought, oh, God, don't tell me no, that's terrible because, state. They're no, really no, young. no. Do you know why that was? Why? That's because you started it by making him make your patio. It was your fault that you that's had true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. 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 That's Right. So was I was not feeling guilty about this at the time because I had not made that connection. Because <laughs> 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 only Sonia who later made the connection tells me I'm a bastard. Because I'll be worried. Because I've told this story. I told this story at the Spark London live story event recently about because I'd already told the story about the minor heart attack. And I realised, and when I told that, I'd forgotten to add in the whole detail of it about having a quadruple heart bypass. So yeah. I was like, fuck, that's a story. Were you awake think. for that or something? What? You couldn't have been He wasn't awake for, for it, no. Cause but I, you were awake for another operation, weren't you? Uh, yeah. His hernia, he was awake. hernia ones, yeah. Oh, God. But, no, but, but, yeah, I mean, I, I asked Dad about the actual heart, heart bypass earlier on. That was <laughs> What I remember happening, Joe, is that... Um, we left the. We oh, left. I can tell you that bit. That's yeah, okay. exactly. But the bit leading up to the heart attack and what I was doing when I was summoned to Cardiff. Much it's a bit about Dave in the pub. Well, because well, okay, so I am, I am summoned to Cardiff. No, well, um, I was going away around the world that autumn. This had already been agreed. Right. Yeah. And I thought, well, I'll have a nice, quiet summer holiday because I'm going away at the end of October <laughs> and I'll spend some time with Sonia. Well, bugger me. Rebecca decides to get married in Skye. Yeah, because I didn't go. Peter was... decides to have a heart attack <laughs> in Cardiff. <laughs> and there some other things that happened. I can't remember. It was a bloody busy summer. Anyway, uh, so Peter's having a heart attack. So I go up to Cardiff to see him. He's very lucky. Uh, he had angina. He was driving them mad by eating bananas and garlic. Yeah. And God. then luckily one night he was in real pain and June very sensibly said, call an ambulance, you'll get emergency treatment. You won't wait two years for a bypass. Bless her. That was a good plan. And yeah, you went in cool, within five days. The award was empty. You sat there yeah. watching cricket on the telly, as far as I could make out. <laughs> and within five days you had a quadruple bypass, which was very successful. But I stayed up for that time and I thought, I'll go back. 
the other thing you did afternoon after the operation. The other, the other thing you did apart from watching cricket is you read Guards Guards by Terry Pratchett because he was stuck. He didn't have anything to read, and he and he said, "Go and buy me a book from the shop." And I was like, "He's never ever going to read this, but he has to read this." <laughs> so you torched him. No, he liked it. I knew. Anyway, I was specifically thinking that actually, Dave, being supportive to you because I thought this would be a very horrible for Dave. Yeah, I didn't want to. And read. so I thought, what do you do with a seventeen-year-old while somebody's soaring through our father's sternum? Yeah. And doing all sorts of horrible things. I said, I know, pizza, that means <laughs> So we went for pizza, pizza express. pizza express, and I thought, oh, well, nice. God, you know. And we opened the bottle of bread wine. Yeah. I remember we were sitting on the edge between the inside and the outside. And as I opened it and started doing my pizza, I felt this extreme pain here. Really? Which I thought, this is. She's gesturing her chest. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, and then we ate a pizza, and we thought, forget all that. And then we drank our wine, and then I went home. And I was the link person for the, yes, he has done well in the operation call. You, you went home to London? So I went home to London. So I got to Paddington on the Hammersmith line, and I was thinking you should be out by now. Might have been no, been mobile phone days, We went to the poacher's lodge. We went to the pub after Afterwards, the... Afterwards, yeah. After the... Yeah. Uh, what, and then you left after the poacher's lodge? Yeah, That's yeah. weird that you left was before hard. he was out of the... That was quite... Maybe you had to get back for me. That was quite was late in the Friday, evening. But you, we were quite drunk. Yeah, probably. She spent half her life drunk. No, but I mean, because <laughs> well, 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 that's how it went. Because that's how the, the story for me it started when we left Dad the night before. I think, I think it must yes. have been the day before, and that's you when left I him no, in so we got we got into a bus, and Joe took out of her pocket hit flask. flask. <laughs> yeah. She she had a sip, and then she said, "Do you want some, Dave?" <gasps> and I I took this yeah. hip flask, and I was like. Ooh, wow, this is something's changing here. Something so your is changing. And, and then the next day, I had this amazing morning before I met Joe, mm-hmm. because my two friends, who I didn't realise were going to do this, and I didn't. Ex- them, the way I th- see them changed that day as well. That was a big part of the story mm. I told. But they they woke me up. They rung on the doorbell. I didn't know they even knew that Dad was going into hospital, and they said, "Come on, Dave." You're coming out with us, yeah. uh, and they took me to the art gallery, which is not the kind of place that they go to. Yeah. And I, I, and so I sort of left there, met Joe at Pizza Express, and then yeah, um, your first grown-up day. Yeah, and we told I told you a lot about my girlfriend at the time, and oh, yeah. you told me quite a lot about your uh, boyfriend at the time. Oh, and <laughs> I went home, and I remember sitting on the Hammersmith line, the pinky one, at um, Paddington, thinking I should have got a phone call by now. It must have been mobile time, actually. Because I got a mobile. Yeah, you would have had a mobile by the I time. I did, but when I got back from going around the world. I didn't have a mobile then. No, yeah, I she did. she liked I had a Nokia. I had the original room. bad boy drug dealer's Nokia. Do you remember? I held out. Quick phone. Well, I dropped yeah. mine down the toilet. Mm-hmm. No, no, I think it was tiny. It was very funky, actually. And I programmed it to be a diamonds are a girl's best friend as the ringtone because you could do that, and it used to drive me mad. I hated that song. I used to like it, but it was when we were doing Brampton. It was hideous. It was Terrible. the kind of monotone where it went. Yeah, 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 changing the whole way the song was. Yeah, it was horrible. Anyway, so. Um, <laughs> and I was waiting for this phone call. It just was driving. You know, it was like a long time. A bit like when I had that. Old, and it, I was much longer than they thought I was going to be. 
I think, mm. you know, sometimes with that... And I was at the beginning of the chain, I knew all these other people be worried till I could ring them. When he talked about it earlier on, he said it was just, it was an adventure. It, it was like he was going to war. Yeah, it was, was his war. He was really into it. He doesn't give a shit, yeah. He had a great, great experience. I was, I was so scared. Well, of course you were. You were seventeen. Yeah, but it's not just to that. It's all related to the fact that when I was six, I woke up and I thought, you know, he wasn't there, and it's all, yeah. it's also related to. Well, when he had yeah, a heart attack. It's, it's all tied up with so many things. I was six years old. It's tied up with. Waking up from where's my dad. And then yeah. a few years later, I remember waking up in his mm. flat and realizing that he was going to die or and I was going to die, my and that dad, what, yeah. when we died, there was nothingness after it. And then I went into his room and like crying oh, in the middle of the night, and he. And he comforted me. It all tied up with that. That's memory. about twelve. You get to that, isn't it? Yeah, and then yeah. there was this, and then well, and also he was reading me the Lord of the Rings, and so there's this whole sort of sequence where the- King Theoden dies, and he was reading it me, and that's yes. all been tied it's up. It's a bit like when Snape dies. Yeah, it's all very tied <laughs> up. To, well, but yeah, but he had he had kind of grey hair, and also Gandalf dies in that. There's lots of old grey-haired guys dying in that book. Yeah, well, it's scary. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Anyway, eventually I must have got <laughs> a phone call from everybody and they were mightily relieved. But that was terrible because I was seeing all these worried people and I got this bloody phone call. Because Rebecca was on her way to a wedding, wasn't she, already? No, no, what happened you went was, straight so up you're getting better. You were oh. about five days after um, Rebecca got married in Sky. Uh, that five was a good time. And we rang you I thought it was the same time. I, was I, could, I didn't go because I stayed. From a phone box. And you said, no, I've walked down the road today to get my prescription. Oh, That's right, so I was already home. out. That's so right. you I was only in got out by then yeah. and rang you at home. It was only in four days, actually. Yeah. From <laughs> so I wasn't, hang on, so I wasn't on my own. When? In the house. I thought it was just me and mum in the house. When? Um, when I was When he was in her, 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 but was Tony and Rosie there as well? Tony and Caroline. Because I thought everyone was Rebecca's at Rebecca's wedding. wedding. Yeah. So four or five days after the heart attack, Tony and Caroline were at Rebecca's wedding. But they were there but when... they may have been somewhere like Newcastle or Aberystwyth. Oh, right. yeah, so I they don't may think have they gone can. from there yeah. straight to Rebecca's wedding. I remember I it very did. much bit like that I was only really on my own. I don't remember any... Like, mm. I remember being on my own and then being with them, with my friends and then being with you. I don't rem- And I just remember being on my own a lot. No, I went home the evening that he's happy off. Rosie would only have been six if Dave was twelve. Would yeah. Rosie have been off somewhere else? She might have been on holiday down. somewhere because it was a holiday time. Because yeah, um, six my girlfriend at the time was on she holiday. Was in June, she used to go to Ireland, didn't she? Yeah. yeah. Did 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 you did the way that you see me change on that day, or is that yeah. just a one-sided thing? Yeah. Oh right. Because we hadn't seen much of each other, I don't think. <laughs> I mean, I was busy in London and you had weekend staff and they were busy in today. No, no, we were all busy, weren't we? She, she's looking days. at you, but she's about. talking about well, At me. that time, when Grandad had his bypass, I had a full-time job, you were at school, you had stuff at weekends, Dave was in... Now, hang on, I would have been 21. We didn't go up there much in those days for some kind of stuff. No, no. No, we didn't. I don't remember. I remember. I remember the wedding. No, I came here. That's when I saw so you, you guys. I came here. Yeah. Oh, I went to the wedding. Yeah. With your mum. Yeah, I she did their witness. flowers. I was a witness, and I did their flowers. Yeah. I didn't see. But that's the thing. I didn't see that wedding because I was. I wouldn't leave Dad. 
Did you I go straight? Puppy buys master. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you. But you, did, you didn't do the garden. Why was you, Dave? You went straight up. Brilliant. Yeah, I thought, fuck that. I'm not going to yeah, go down yeah, there and really do miserable yeah. bollocks down there yeah. on this bypass. I'm going to go party. Yeah. No, You're right. Absolutely. I remember that you had your operation, but I remember your first heart attack more. So well, perhaps yeah, I was, there. you know, all young and in love and you not really aware of what was going on when you had your... Yeah, I was there yeah, and I remember that. You, were in the you smile at me and you take me in your arms and you say that if you don't exist then you cannot feel you will not be able to care. Fear is for the living and who cares what will be because you are here with me in this time and in this place we are safe inside this bed. We can go to sleep. It's safe to go to sleep Talk to your parents About what your life is like When they are alive Talk to your parents About what their life was like Before you were alive Before this time Later that month, my brother Tony came to stay This is him, my dad, me and Jen. His wife is also there, but she's exercising her right to remain silent. No, I haven't been recording. You twat. Fucking hell. That was the best you're going to get, you know. Yeah, that that was the best. That was like amazing that time. That was really good. Um, Okay. What's the fucking hell? I wasn't recording. That's what the fucking hell was about, Dad. Oh, my God. Brilliant. This is why you need sound men, you know what I mean? People laugh, but they had a job to do and they did it well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Making me do everything is a bad idea, but, you know, what what other options have we got these days? So, anyway, I'm here with Tony, who's my brother. I can can do this introduction bit better, at least. Okay, that's And when he... uh, When my dad... And I'm also here with my dad. And Tony... We have just... We worked out previously that Tony was (laughs) 12 when dad had his heart attack. When we were staying in Cornwall with uh, my dad's ex-wife. See, I said wife that time rather well than done, wives. Yeah. See, first time you said wives and that was much funnier. Yeah, it was funnier, but it's gone. Yeah. And we, we reckon that Joe might be right, don't we? <laughs> yes, in the sense that we probably got back up with Rebecca. We probably came up with Rebecca. Yeah, and Rebecca so. was probably involved in it somehow. Yeah. But we can't, neither of us can remember how. I think, well, I think, was this... No, this was this was a Cornish holiday. Was, no, Joe was there, and we were there. This wasn't. No, Joe came back. So Rebecca wasn't there with us, was she? No. Originally, no. so she must have. I come. took you down. Yeah, I think my memory is that I took you down, but you took us down to Cornwall. But then, yeah. when you had your heart attack, you couldn't yeah. take us back. That's, no, no, no. That's I the significance. No. Okay. So we're trying to, but we think it might have been Rebecca. Which she must have taken us by probably by train because she's probably at university then, wasn't she? Yeah. Yeah, she prob- she probably was. I mean, you're although eight- she was driving, but you were eighteen on the same year that she was thirty. So that would be it. Yeah. So she probably was at university then. That yeah. makes sense. And twenty-four. Oh yeah, no, she- yeah, yeah. So she wouldn't have been. She no, she just finished university. Yeah. Okay. She well, went to Oxford. She did that extra course. No, no, no. no. She, I think she, she just finished at Portsmouth or whatever. But yeah, so she 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 would have come down. Like I say, I can remember Sue driving me over to see Dad in the hospital. So we were there for a couple of, of days. There was a large amount of Sue love in the last conversation where I recorded other people talking about this. Everyone had well, a she was, and she was, she was, she, she was brilliant. She was, she was very, she was, she was. She was very good in those in those um, drives because she's got a sense of humour that's that's very easy to sort of deal with situations like this. She's calm in that. Sort she's of calm, but she's also you know nice degree in gallows humour, which is good. 
Absolutely. <laughs> Better for me, probably, than you. And you were about the right... Sorry? Because you, the whole thing would make an excellent farce because, I mean, the night that I had the, the night of the morning, subsequent morning I had the heart attack, I was sitting up with Sue downstairs drinking whiskey and smoking cigarettes. And at some point in the conversation, I said, Sue, I do get these pains, you know, do you think I should do something about it? Taking another sip of whiskey and <laughs> smoking another cigarette. And she said, yeah, I think you should go and see a doctor, you know, get it checked out. And then she eventually went off and I was sort of in bed there. And I actually suddenly got these terrible pains so strong that I went and fetched her or called her or something. And she came down. And that's when it was... And it pro was a proper heart attack. It wasn't like yeah. a serious case of Munchausen's. No, it was a heart attack. And so, and so, the next so the next morning I woke up and I was sharing a bed with Dad and he wasn't there. And that was almost... That's the biggest impact, actually, on me. I think that's the thing that registered the most with me was that Dad was supposed to be there and he wasn't there. But I think he probably wouldn't have been there anyway because he probably would have crashed on the settee that night. Regardless, it sounds like. But... Um, you were 12, yes. so you had a different understanding of the situation to me. How did, it, how did you... I mean, what well, I woke, up, I woke up and things were happening and Dad was being taken away and someone kind of explained to me um, what was going on. Um, but I don't think I properly understood it. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't until we were driven to the hospital and I saw dad there in the bed and I saw sort of, you know, some of the, the, the bits in him and stuff like that. It yeah. kind of made me aware that this was not an, you know, this wasn't a cold. No. You know. And what did, I mean, door did, shut. It, did it make you aware that he was an older father than other No, I don't, I, I think, I think I, no offence to that, but I think I knew that from a bit earlier. Yeah. Because um, I remember, I remember when I was younger, sort of, kids would talk about what their dads did best and my best comeback was my dad's older than yours yeah yeah that was a good one I always used that one yeah yeah <laughs> and I still use that sometimes <laughs> yeah. now yeah it's but it worked yeah because you could go near and near and well I guess I mean I was six when the heart attack happened so I was about probably the age when you probably realised yourself you know before previously that he was older than other people's dads yeah I think I tweaked it yeah 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 um I think I'd made allowances for it. And what about the heart attack, though? Because I, that was the other thing. I didn't, I didn't consider that he could die until he had a heart attack. Uh, no, I was a little bit scared when I first had a heart attack because all I'd ever heard about it was on, on television. And it took, took them a while to sort of re reassure me that, it, yes, he's had a heart attack. But it was but a minor one. It was a minor heart attack. Everyone repeated the minor thing a lot. Yeah. yeah, I think they lied a lot. It was a minor heart attack, wasn't it? I think so. I don't remember it being emphasised all that to me at the hospital, but maybe it was. I mean, I can't remember. Did they give you any morphine? It certainly felt like it. Yeah, I was sort of up in a couple of days taking tea round and arguing with the physiotherapist. And, you were you taking know. the tea round? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I had a good time. I always <laughs> do in hospital. <laughs> you know, I met the guy in the opposite bed, it was quite interesting, you know, we'd all had heart attack. It wasn't a bad experience. It was a terrible experience when it happened. I mean, the idea of it was terrible. But when I actually got to hospital and found myself in this bed and they put these pills in me and, you know, there were nurses around and it was all right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, from then on, it sort of just... I was only in about, you know, what, the usual... I don't know how long you are for a hospital, sort of six or seven days. But then I went and lived with Sheila for... He's not lived with Sheila, but lived at Sheila's. For, for a bit, and yeah. then you went to Sue's. Then I went to Sue's. 
and that's where you recuperated. Yeah. And that's the that's the bed that you will have seen Tony uh, Dad in um, when you went into the hospital. Uh, he was been in 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 that bed, finding out that it's not as bad as it might be in the hospital. But for you, when you were twelve, what was that like then? Seeing him, you, I mean, did you? I think. For me, hospitals as well. Um, the last time I'd been to a hospital when I was 12 was when I was two and I fractured my skull. And yeah. I'd been in the hospital, so going back into the hospital. Oh, I also went there when I had my ears tested and stuff like that. So for me, going into hospitals was always a bit of a weird situation anyway. That's right, because Tony was deaf originally when he was born because he had grommets or something. Well, there were some hearing issues, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, don't I don't know how deaf he was, but he couldn't hear as well. And he had to go to the hospital a lot when he was a yeah. kid. And then you fractured your skull. How old were you then? I was two. And you fell off the top of a slide. I was pushed. To- yeah, Tony. No, was I was pushed, pushed off in the. Don't by a child. By a child. He was pushed by a child. We're not mentioning names. No. <laughs> However, I'm dialing up into Morse code now, so if you can pick that. Um, and yeah, I mean, and yeah, because all of the pictures of you as a child are you with a massive, massive bruise all over your face. Uh, there the are some other ones too, David. They're apart the, from the hugely disfigured elephant only, man photos. They're, they're the yes. only ones I look at, you know. Okay, yes, in your strange um, pastimes. Yeah, and actually Rebecca was behind you on the slide, wasn't she? When I don't think when she was directly behind me, because someone else was directly yeah, behind someone me. someone was in between you, but <laughs> she was looking after the kids on the way up. And not on the way down. Yeah. And what, what is it mum did when she saw that you were falling? She always says, oh. I don't know. Looked away, probably. That's right, looked away, closed her eyes. Yeah. Because she figured she couldn't run that far and she didn't want to see I think some sort splat. of effort could have been made, yeah. some sort of sporting well, catch type thing. Were you there then? Yeah, yeah. Then we raced through the streets in the Blue Beetle and I was using the horn like as though I was a doctor or something. I was just keeping Any excuse? Horn. Yeah. Well, like, a, like <laughs> an ambulance. To kind of <laughs> indicate. But not, you know, no, I was just keeping it down. You know, Shit. like a sort of sign to those in front. It's yeah. pretty intense yeah. as well. When they're two, they're very young. Yeah, and they're delicate. Yeah, we didn't know. I mean, so we took him. We took it to casualty, presumably, at the local hospital. Yeah. I don't think there's a fractured skull. And then you were in that. You were in that sort of children's ward, weren't you? With like a playroom. You had to sneak Rebecca in and stuff like that. She sneaked in, talked you through the window. So it was kind of like I went. My experience of being in hospital, I, I think, probably was very much. I was sort of kept away from stuff like that. So going into to see Dad is is slightly different mm. because it is kind of this is a place that people can't go into. Yeah, and and I mean you were quite anti-smoking after that. I don't remember you being remember anti-smoking quite. beforehand, and I wondered if if that was because of the fact that Dad had been a smoker and then he'd had a heart attack, and that would have made you kind of anti-smoking. I don't know, I think that's probably what people told me at the time was the main reason for it, but I don't... Yeah, that's what I was told too. Because um, really, everything else about his lifestyle... Yeah, the alcohol must fairly, have been to blame too, but I only remember being told about the cigarettes well, being the bad meat. thing. Yeah, red meat, yeah. <laughs> well, I think it but, um, was the cause, yeah. Well, smoking? Yeah, over the year, you know, over a great number of years, yeah. Yeah, probably was. I, I don't or know. certainly a very largely contrib- large contributory cause. living fast and hard, I think, helps uh, too, generally. <coughs> yeah. I don't know, I mean, I, I think that possibly set me off. I mean, yeah, I've never really smoked. So. Scoot I'm for- more tolerant now. Scoot, scoot forward a good few years to the time when I, I don't remember seeing Dad in hospital when he had his heart attack, but I do remember seeing him in hospital when he had his heart bypass um, when I was 17. Did you come and visit Dad when he was? I don't think I did. I think oh, I got the wedding. I had to go to. The, well, yeah, yeah, everyone was up for the, the wedding. The wedding was just after it though, because uh, what I think we got the information because we were living up in Newcastle by this point, 
so yes, we've been told right. you had the quadruple bypass, but but by the time we were told about it properly, you, you were having it and had it done. Yeah. And really, there wasn't much chance to sort of get down and, and sort of, or there wasn't any need. It to happened get. really quickly. Yeah. So yeah. I think. Yeah. And we've been scheduled to go to Rebecca's wedding, and I think it was kind of like, is he going to be okay? Yes. Yeah. Well, everybody. Right. Well, I didn't go. No. No. No, but Joe went. She came down to Cardiff, yeah. but then she went on. Yeah, up. she did go. Yeah, I didn't go. You didn't go because you were recovering. Mm-hmm. No, I thought that I, I thought that I actually had the bypass on the day of the wedding. That's what I thought too. No, but no. people have been telling me no. It's more dramatic that way, isn't it? Yeah, that's how I remembered <laughs> it too. That's exactly how I remember. Uh, yeah, it. didn't you speak to? Uh, didn't we speak to you on the phone from the wedding day? In hospital, yeah, yeah. So can't have been that day. Oh, there you go. Well, that's definitive proof. You can't have been on the phone. For for, for listeners, you need to know that we've been told this by my very silent um, wife in the corner, who's at the moment performing some sort of, you know, gymnastics routine in terms of communicating because she can't be heard. That's right. She's not yet agreed to go on the show. More the point, she's also having struck down with this this paralysis of the throat, which I hope carries on for a while. Well, yeah, maybe just every. Ooh. Maybe you should just get by a by a microphone, Tony, and just put it on record any time that yeah. you want want to do a monologue. <laughs> she now can't can't laugh. <laughs> um, I think she has weed. A bit. <laughs> That's a good look. That would work well on on, on video. I think he's going to get in trouble after this is off. I better keep it on for a bit. <laughs> You'll hear it when I when I when I put this all together. But he described the. Having the heart bypass is a big adventure. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, but he's always seen himself as Alan Quartermain in some way. He said it was. So you know. He said it was like his big. You said it was like your war, like your your kind of big thing. As opposed to the actual war. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly. My actual war was not, in fact, hazardous at all. No, you can you can hear Dad's actual war story on uh, on on episode one of uh, of his of his episodes. I think that pretty much covers everything. I probably won't be ending with this section. It doesn't seem very climatic. Would you do a little dance routine if you want? No. <laughs> or a song, perhaps? Well, I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. No, you see, I don't have the I don't have the uh, don't have the rights. Don't have the rights. So um, we will we will we'll we'll say goodbye for now. I think. Fantastic. <laughs> and I'll, let, let, I'll, uh, I'll turn off the mic and allow uh, Tony's wife to, uh, to tell him off. I recorded this with my dad a couple of weeks ago. But I actually, <laughs> I almost enjoyed it. In fact, I'm in... I, I would say I did enjoy it, except that I think they sound so ridiculous. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't. But, you know, I mean, I went in, the whole thing came up very quickly because I had a sort of banter. Ban- I bantered with a, with a senior consultant who was on one of these great rounds. Like, oh, yes, because I called him, can't remember names, but in the, the Doctor films, there was, there was always a pompous consultant going his rounds who people would know because it was a familiar film film series at the time. And I sort of taxed him with his name in a sort of bantering way. But he, we actually got on quite well. And then he said, well, you know, you, this is a life-threatening condition you've got. We'll have to get you in on Friday. And so it was only two or three days before Owen came back. 
And when I went in, and Joe was dead, and I don't know, was Joe there before? I know she, I know she uh, was there before, I'm not quite sure. We, we, none of us I can exactly get the chronology in. exactly clear, yeah. I don't think. Anyway, I got on very well with the two nurses, who were sort of, you know, getting me ready. And I was, I was, went through the operation, and I was in intensive care. I woke up in intensive care, and I was totally, I mean, I, I was kind of exultant. I felt like, you know, like somebody's one of I mean, like, it was very strange. And I, I got out. I was got got out of the intensive care unit quicker than anybody had ever been. At, you know, they let me get out. And they, I recovered that yeah. fast. And then I was home, and I mean, the whole thing. I was only in hospital about four days. But how does it relate? How? Well, does anyway, it... the, yes. The the thing is that I just sort of felt. Well, I've. I mean, I've never in my life. I've never had a sort of violent confrontation or a situation where I. Um, which I might well have done in the war. I mean, a vast number of, you know, everybody in tanks or the infantry or bomber command or anything is, would have faced actual Yeah, your contemporaries did. With yeah. death. But, I mean, there were a vast number of people in the army like me, behind, you know, ACAC with an ACAC regiment or with uh, supply regiments or, you know, rear or, engineering or even it's people who stayed like in this country I mean, it's a huge yeah at that time there would have been people like um, my my granddad he was a doctor wasn't he and he yeah. so he was, he, he was conscientious objector and he, he didn't fight in either of the wars and so he, he he was very lucky in that respect yeah yeah but you know it's also that, that, that uh, an army is like any organization it has a huge the, the actual fighting element is there are more people not fighting than there are fighting. Yeah. Anyway, so that didn't worry me. I mean, they were just, you know, nobody worried about it because it was just, you, you know, luck of the draw and all that. Yeah. When I did have come with this bypass, I suddenly thought, well, you know, this is really the first time in life when I've actually faced something significant, you know. <laughs> something bigger uh, than yeah, you. Yeah, and it wasn't that I felt guilty and that this, 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 this relieved my guilt. It wasn't as strong as that, of my feelings about the, you know, the war or luck, the lack of life. But uh, that sort of triggered it. Feeling. You sort of felt a kinship also, then? Or? Yeah, and I mean, the, the hospital was nice, the nurses were nice. It was, was much easier keen. than I mean, I was young, I was still young enough to be physically keen on people. <laughs> they were both sort of attractive in different ways, and they were both very sweet. The nurses? Uh, yeah. So I actually sort of felt it was uh, it was almost like sort of having you know been in a prize fight or something and come out and won. So it never felt to me like I'd been in had this sort of had a negative in a negative sense been. Yeah, uh, it, uh, it was a very positive. Yeah, you, you, you triumphed. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I felt, that's the way I felt. You know, as though in a game, as though against an opponent. You know, like that, so like, like a boxer. Sort of, yeah, you know, or if Murray ever won a, uh, what, what, is it, what, is it, what do you call it, a Grand Slam. A Grand Slam. No, yes. So, <laughs> and so, I mean, and it was it was relatively recently though when you you talked to me about the the, the war thing, um, yeah, like the about the relationship between the heart bypass and the war and how they yeah. kind of but as I say, merged I mean, for you in a ways that you can't even. It doesn't sound like you can one hundred percent even kind of sum it up because it's not even it's not getting rid of like war guilt because you no, didn't exactly have war guilt no and it's not exactly comparable no but it was just something significant 
Yeah, I just thought, so I suppose I just thought casually, well, you know, I, you know, I've never, I didn't, I've never had this sort of situation, you know, everybody, you know, it can happen to anybody, anytime, sort of that. I don't know, but it was strange. But it was very good. I mean, I'm very glad I did feel like that, you know, it would have been terrible. Because you weren't depressed. scared and you weren't depressed. You know, no. I mean, Eric had one little fairly soon after that. I don't think he was, he, he's always sort of not understood how I could treat it as... So cavalierly. <laughs> yes. But, uh, but I mean, I guess maybe the reason that you relate it to it in terms of relate it to the war is to do with bravery, I guess. That, that, that you didn't have to be brave in the war. Yeah. But I you did so. have to be brave. Yeah. I suppose, well, yes, you know, or just courage or whatever. You know. Courage, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so maybe that's why it resonated. Yes, but I mean, I, the resonation was only sort of brief. You know, I wasn't carrying it through the experience. The re the, the, I wasn't thinking about this comparison. All the way through, it was, it was just, just a moment. just something about, I, I'd had a sort of flickering idea of it, but which then left me in an attitude towards this. Of sort of Murray facing Federer, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just left me feeling like that. Yeah, Maybe, I mean, you know, as I say, so I didn't sort of, I don't remember, you know, when, when I when I before I had the general or anything, I don't ever remember sort of thinking, oh God, now I'm going, you know, now now I've got to, oh, let's hope they do. It. I just sort of, it all just happened. Then I woke up in the, I remember waking up in the intensive care unit, and so I must be sort of grinning. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Strange. Well, it's just it was, it was good luck to be able to feel like that. Absolutely. So I was going to leave it there, but one of the notes that Liz gave me about this episode was that it should have a conclusion. That I, she wanted to hear kind of what I, what what I felt about this kind of journey that I went on or I've taken you through. So what surprised me? Well, it didn't exactly surprise me to find out that I can't trust my memory, but of course it did actually surprise me that I couldn't trust my memory, because whilst you know intellectually that you can't trust your memory, you don't think, you don't feel distrustful of it until suddenly you realise that you remembered something wrong. So I was interested to find out that both me and my dad had a kind of false memory about the events of the day of his heart bypass and I was also interested to find out that what would be my, the core of my kind of my psychology that I woke up in the morning to find my dad gone and he should have been there because he was sharing a bed with me. That is kind of an over dramatised memory because he wouldn't have been there regardless of whether he had had a heart attack or not because it sounds like as I say at one point in the episode he would have crashed on the settee and I would have woken up alone in that bed and it wouldn't have had any psychological effect on me because that must happen to people all the time it's not that weird but for some reason I'd really stored that experience in my in my brain somehow it wasn't very significant now the other thing sort of things that Liz was talking to me about saying was did it make me feel sad I no, it didn't which is strange because we were talking about my dad's mortality all the way through but I just don't feel sad about any of that stuff really anymore not 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 back then anyway not the heart attacks then like recently we had a bit of a health scare um, with my dad 
And obviously I felt very strongly then all of these worries about mortality became very real and alive to me. But most of the time they just settled at the back of my memory. Um, when I was a kid it was different. I had much more awareness of it then. And did it make me happy? Yeah, yeah it did. It did make me happy. It made me happy to listen to my family <laughs> talking to each other and me. And I, I felt very warm about it all. It, it was very, I think I captured some some warm moments. and and. That's pretty representative, I think, in some ways. Like, of course, we're all people and we have our own lives and we're not always happy and we don't always get on. But I think the people that you hear, they, they love each other. And it's nice to hear that love. I enjoyed hearing that love. It did make me sad receiving the notes back from Liz because if you've listened to her episode and it's one of the early ones but it's really worth a listen she reminded me that her mother had passed away and I didn't realise that when I sent this and obviously this episode is all to do with the death of or potential death of a parent and she doesn't have an opportunity to talk to her parent because she's gone and That's why I think if you have an opportunity, you really should. But I think also that if you haven't had an opportunity to talk to your parents, that's okay. You knew them, you saw them, you had some relationship to them and they live on in you. And not everybody can talk to their parents. I'd like to talk to my grandmother, but I can't. I don't know how to. I'm lucky that that isn't the way I feel about either of my parents. That I can talk to them. Both of them. It's not always easy to talk to your parents. And not everybody can. The song that I wrote, you know, it takes a position and songs have to take positions and it takes a good position and it. There's a lot of truth in it. But like all the truth that you get in art, it's only part of the truth. It's been a pleasure getting better acquainted with my family. And the last thing I ask people to do is to say goodbye to the audience. Goodbye. Here is for the living and who cares what will be because you are here with me in this time and in this place we are safe inside this bed. We can go to sleep. It's safe to go to sleep. You can find Getting Better Acquainted on Twitter at UBA podcast you can find it on Facebook it's getting better acquainted have a search on Facebook and like it or you can find it on the website www.gettingbetteracquainted.co.uk you can also subscribe by searching on iTunes and subscribing to us that way and on the Stitcher Smart Radio app that you can download for your smartphone from stitcher.com or through the app store